You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is another episode of Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex for sure. And we have with us in studio our guest, Gabe Dorado. Welcome, Gabe. Hello. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Thanks for coming out. Uh, we, were just, we were just having a laugh because uh, we always let the guests pick the movie, which has been made for some interesting choices, if you're ever wondering why we've done certain movies and not others. But um, I usually get, like talking to a comedian and say, hey, I've got an action movie podcast. What, you know, what movie would you want to pick? But Gabe and I were talking one night, and he just started, out of nowhere, just started talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was like, oh, man, I got a thing for you. So we're happy to finally get you on, and thanks for coming out, man. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, so we're doing Bloodsport, which is, I think that's, I mean, is that the movie that everybody discovered Van Damme? It wasn't his first movie, but. I, you know what? Lion, Lionheart or Kickboxer was like the first one of people that like started, like, the Kickboxer because it was just more of a normal name. Like people started getting into martial arts and yeah. saw it. But I think Bloodsport might have been his best, like, mainstream one that like kind of like yeah i think that's a movie that made everybody like discover him because i I just remember him being like he was like there was was a bad guy no no retreat no surrender oh that's right that's that's, right that's actually how he got cast he was actually supposed to be the predator yes he was a well they filmed some stuff with him and he said he was difficult on like he quit on he quit on on set because he couldn't handle being in the in the costume in the the jungle and he was in electric boogaloo he was in bunch of like oh no shit i didn't know that he's in electric boogaloo part two dude like he said funny that oh turbo the, I, like that that dance that he does in in kickboxer he it, it's derived from electric boogaloo dude he does this break dance dance like in the background of yeah like, i heard a rumor that he's actually not a martial artist that he's actually just a dancer he was a gymnast okay he that was, makes sense because he's like famous like were you like do you know the whole, whole van damme thing? no I, like, I honestly don't so like so alex is is a lot younger than us so a lot of these movies he's most of these movies he's seeing for the first time yeah this so one. it's funny because nice. you know you and i we were we were at the pair one night and uh we just started talking about van damme and of course it's like brings back all these memories of childhood so like dude blood sport i had it on vhs yeah like my brother had it and i remember when i was like, I was like what is this and like I, I remember putting it in the vcr and watching i I've probably seen that movie how old times. were you the first time you saw it like I was actually, good. what year did it come out? And that's uh, nice. say like eighty eight. I was like eight nine years old, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, that's but, kind of the perfect age. It, it's funny because like. I think of like I think of Van Damme and Seagal as like second wave action stars. So I feel like you like Stallone and 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 Schwarzenegger came out of the seventies, basically. Yeah. And so those guys were around. Those were big. And so when those movies were big, they were like, we got to find other guys that can do this. And then so I always, I always. Feel like I always group Seagal and and Van Damme together as like later guys. So I assume like those movies were like eighty seven, eighty eight, that kind of stuff. And Seagal's yeah. another one who like he did a couple movies that were kind of like eh, and then like uh, Hard to Kill came out and then uh, Hard Seagal to Kill blew up. Well, even uh, Out for Justice was good. Like that was, I think yeah, that was yeah. his best acting movie. Like, but even Which like Van, like Van, Van, for me like Van Damme, Van Damme had like a string of good ones, and then like Bloodsport was awesome, and then um 
Lionheart was actually his. I thought his best like acting movie. Yeah, well, he also was the. Uh, what's the one where he's running through the wood? Is that Hard to Kill? That's, no. hard, to, that's hard Target. Hard Target. That's yeah. I think that's a John Woo movie. Yeah, that was yeah, alright though. But that, that one was, I've heard of. Yeah, I've yeah, actually yeah. heard of Hard. That Target. was John Woo's like first, first American movie, I believe. Like, right. That that movie was a balance of like his downfall and at his prime because like everybody wanted to work with him, but that's when he's the blow started fucking catching up. Yeah. So let me ask you: Did you did you rewatch this movie recently, Bloodsport, or have you seen it so many I times? Actually, I've seen it so you know what's funny I've seen it so many times and recently it was on like on demand like about a month ago two months ago and I had to watch it like, yeah so I, I watched it when we first started talking a couple weeks ago I watched it then and I was I don't know I don't know it's it's very eighties <laughs> and it's film it's definitely filmed like inexpensively and I think they I think at this time they had like a formula at this point they're like if we just churn out these movies we're gonna make so much fucking money yeah so like the production values are not that great like. Sometimes even like the sound and the voices, I feel like they're like they're dubbing in the voice. I thought that was pretty bad, but you know what? Like as far as um, it was a good script, dude. I think I think just it was directed. The, like the cinematography on that movie is pretty sharp. Yeah, the the fight, some of the fights. Well, definitely when Van Damme is like he, when he's like, like real doing it. And it's funny because like if you're a martial arts fan, like MMA fan now, like you watch those movies now and they're terrible. Like as far as like the technique of fighting. But there was still but for kind of, its time, it for was, its time was kind yeah. of well done, man. Like, I was gonna say that uh, the only like, yeah, they they really nailed the technical aspect of a lot of the martial arts in this movie, especially for the eighties. Yeah. I know that that wouldn't stand true today, but yeah, the editing in this movie for some reason was horrendous. Yeah, I don't see, know. Alex, he's a he's a guy. It was that's, awful. His, that's his thing, like sound editing. It's not even that, my thing per se. I mean. But there are a few moments where I, I mean, I watched it for the first. I, I that might be why I love that movie so much because even like, you know, say that, like, <laughs> it's so cheesy. There, there's a part when when it's the, in the beginning, when, really bad. Um, yeah. Force Whitaker. Okay, yeah. And the other guy are trying to catch Van Damme. Yep, yep, and yep, they, yep. With that song, and he just like, <laughs> and he's just running around like yeah, to, like, yeah. Almost like the like a Spice Girls video. But yeah, it's it, 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 it. Some of the scenes come across as not even a part of the movie. Oh, it's, it's really strange. Like, yeah, and I and I think again, like I think they just had they had a formula at this I point where like I, it, they spend it, as little money as possible, get an action star in it, get a basic premise where it's like, all right, he's gonna. Who made fight this into, film though? Like who? What I don't production even, house? I, I don't even I don't know. Think I think it, it might was, be Canon Films. But was, yeah, I think it was Canon, and I act, actually did some research. I think they weren't gonna release it, and then someone did a re-edit, and then they released the re-edit, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that someone went over this again. Produced by Mark DeSalle. Okay. Directed by Newt Arnold. Yeah, I've never heard of those guys. The Canon Group. Uh, yeah, so oh, Canon, Canon, yeah. Canon made a lot of these movies back, right. back in the day. by Warner Brothers. There you go. Yeah. I, I did some research. Does it say anywhere? I know you're looking it up right yeah. now. Maybe um, uh, that, that there was like the first edit didn't pass like for American release. Like they released overseas, but they didn't release. Yeah, it, it does US. seem like – and it's funny because we were – Gabe and I were talking outside about like movies being dubbed into like Spanish or Italian and how – Yeah. So, so sometimes movies are – sometimes movies are, you know, are hits – that weren't hits in America, but they're hits right. overseas. Sometimes they're really targeted. I mean, they do that now where they're making movies more for China than they are for us. So this definitely seems like a movie that would have just, they could have played it anywhere in the world and everybody would have got it. And right. everybody would have been fans. At the time, yeah, man. It would have been, you know, they were, again, because not only were Americans thirsty for more action movies at this time, but like the plus, rest of the world too. Plus at the same time, he was. Sorry, there's a, uh, there's a buzz. Let me just fix that. Sorry. Just say that. We had, there it is. We're back after a little technical difficulty. Uh, what we were, we were saying, uh, I mean, well, we, <laughs> let's, you let's got not put NPR voice. Let's, what I was saying to you. And <laughs> time af- after the break, Timecock. Yeah, time we cock. just came up with a revelation, but that's, gonna be a that's for another day. No, so I remember watching Bloodsport on 
TV as a kid and loving it. I, I thought it was funny, though, because um, – so we should talk a little bit about what – so the movie is about Frank Dukes, who's a real guy, who was an American guy trained to fight in Eastern martial arts at a time when it wasn't – and it's, it's going to be, like, hard to explain this to, like, kids in their 20s. There was a time when it was, like, hard to, like, learn – Real martial arts, like it wasn't all over TV. Oh, he, it wasn't, he definitely inspired that, that movie. Definitely inspired a lot of people to take karate. Yeah, it was not this big thing. I wanna, I, I, well, I want to clarify what you're saying. It's still hard to learn martial arts. It's just the, it's out there the in the access cultural access wasn't wasn't there. Yeah, people didn't know about. It. Yeah, there was like taekwondo. They knew, they, knew, and, they knew karate, Bruce Lee, and a few things like that. That essentially, in Frank Dukes going to another country. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, <laughs> it was time fucking cock. Peter's thing the, the whole time. It was my cock the whole time. I'm time gonna cock. fucking rape you, dude. Well, I didn't do anything. I don't it's care. Not my cable. It was that aggressive? I used the R yeah, word. You were retarded. Uh, that let's, was, let's keep going. That was aggressively chill. I'm gonna. <laughs> That's good. That's my show. Um, all right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Frank Dukes. This is like, yeah. and again, it's, it's, it's sort of like how Rounders created the poker boom. I really feel like these I, movies. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. I remember being a kid being like, and I, I told the story on the pod before, it's like, I signed up for like Master Shims Taekwondo in Elizabeth, New Jersey, <laughs> yeah. because I was like, well, I got to right. learn, learn how to do this stuff too. But um, so he, Frank Dukes is a real guy, military guy who fought in the Kumite, which mm. is like this secret uh, in Thailand, this secret, I don't know, martial arts tournament. What do you win if you win <laughs> it's the Kumite? So it's strange. I don't, yeah, I don't know. What, I couldn't fo- follow this movie. What do you win I know if you, you win the Kumite? Times, so yeah. for you, it was like, it's like, oh, the well, Kumite. I mean, they, they, uh, if you have to understand martial arts in general, like yeah. there was no MMA, right? So like that was like pre MMA, like that was like the best kickboxer from Thailand, the fucking guy that does the monkey shit. You like, like, so like from Africa, like <laughs> one guy like, just does monkey. Hey, hey. Nobody, the big American fucking meathead, like from nerds. Are you yeah. saying basically it, it is? Uh, it it wasn't really officially government sanctioned, but yeah, it was no. like put on by like the people. Yeah, it was that, almost like the old school warriors. Like that, that's probably like a very traditional, like back in the day, like uh, the best warrior is going to come and, and represent right. their, their art, and I guess the winner is the best. Kind of like like Musashi style, like the best martial artist. Like, well, yeah, that's mixed martial arts. That's, so, that's, that's MMA. That's, yeah. so remember the first K one? The first K one kind of looked like that. Like yeah, it was, it was, I've never seen it. I, I, it was, it was awful. It was, it was, it was co hosted by Howard Stern. Oh, oh really? Uh, for a New Year's oh, Eve party? God. Yeah. yeah. That's so hilarious. I mean, now I mean, I'm not a huge MMA guy, but I know I know enough about it. It's like it, now it's like every guy trains in everything, but back then it was like the wrestler versus the judo guy that, versus that, the yes. kung fu that, guy. That kind of character, like that Frank Dukes, like that. That's how martial arts kind of like invaded the U.S. Like people, like for example, like if you were in the army and you trained at Okinawa, you want to learn this badass shit from sensei. Or if you were in China, yeah. like I'm going to learn from the Shaolins. Like you, you would learn it from somewhere and bring it back. Like, oh, I know this now. I know, I know Wing Chun. Like, so yeah. it's interesting because I think um, it's it's very Brazilian influence, the modern MMA, right? Like that guy Hoist Gracie. Yeah, the Gracie's kind of. Well, jiu-jitsu. And that's, and if, if you think about how that, that, how that happened, yeah, that's World War II, dude. World War II, the yeah. Japanese left Japan. Okay. There's a lot of... Big Japanese influence in Brazil. There you go. And so it did come originally from the jujitsu. Jujitsu did, but the Brazilians, what they kind of combined in their own art is like capoeira. Mm. That's that's their martial art. That was like that martial art is based on slaves weren't allowed to teach each other how to fight, so they would learn from a form of dance, like bang, ding, ding, bang, ding. You know, have you ever seen the movie? I don't know why that made me laugh. That's <laughs> not funny. But but, uh, but dude, like, it, <laughs> but yeah, they're dancing, like, and, they're fighting. and they started doing <laughs> yes, that. Yes, but yes, then yes. when the Japanese came in, they actually started teaching them like technical, like, like here's how you choke someone, technically or savvy shit. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so that makes sense. So, so because because there was like two booms of like information with MMA, like, and I don't know much either, so I'm not going to speak with too much authority. It, it, it's, it's so funny because if you it, it really means exactly what mixed martial arts. It's just a combination. If, if you look at the history of martial arts, supposedly like it all came from China. Okay, and they started like going to each different place and spreading their like ideas, but everything started adapting to their place. Like for example, like Taekwondo. Yeah, Taekwondo is a Korean martial art. That's based on doing jump kicks. And the reason they did that is because when the Japanese samurai would come in and try to invade, right. it was the only way to disarm you off a horse doing jump kicks. Oh, that's... So like, yeah. Wow. Like, even like karate. Karate's empty hand. Like right. After the samurais were banned, you weren't allowed to have a sword on you. So you still taught your family tradition by learning martial arts. Right, 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 right. And that's the thing. It was so spiritual and so, like, it is family right over there it's come it's turned into a gladiator sport here because yeah. you just want to learn all the technique it's just like wrestling like it's it is very interesting that the that we didn't really know what the hell was going on with like how to communicate things from the east to the west back then like the little things that seep through into the movies like this movie is a prime example of it like I, it, we don't really have that kind of communication anymore where it's like you don't even this whole cultural phenomenon is going on somewhere and you, you don't know have, about it we at have all. access to it already. yes yeah, exactly everything, everything is everywhere so yeah. it's interesting that this movie and this guy you know this actor is the one who's like basically the loudspeaker for mma to an well, entire so it, western culture. well you, you already like I, I was a kid and we had you know and it's funny like i would watch kung fu movies on channel five when i was a kid they'd be on like saturday morning and it's I literally didn't know why their lips didn't move with their words. You thought that's just the way. That I thought they... that's the way Chinese people spoke. I was oh, like, I was wow. a kid. Like, I... that's, how you, that's how you learn after like training. <laughs> <laughs> so I, li- but I would watch every. Se- I watched every one of them, and there's like, there's a couple of like, there's one I really remember, yeah. and it was about a brother that was supposed to be trained to be like, he was supposed to like avenge the brother, the the father's death. Okay, and he gets they his his actually his little brother actually. Attacks that sounds, him. That sounds like kickboxer. Well, his his brother attacks it's actually, him. Sounds like Shakespeare and makes like, his skin <laughs> like Macbeth. Yeah. They they he beats him with a stick and then uh-huh. drops him in a in a in a vat of water this to make on, his skin callous. This was on Fox Five. This was on like a <laughs> Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Christmas. And so he's supposed to be the guy to avenge yeah. his brother death. And then like the plot twist is that he actually gets killed, and the little brother ends up killing everybody anyway. Jesus. And I've described this plot to people who really know kung fu movies. They're like, that could be any one of six or seven movies. I'm like, fuck! I'm trying to. Find this movie you think blood sports like a spin-off of like hamlet yeah yeah i mean i don't know I, maybe <laughs> yeah, hamlet well these well we talk about this a lot these like classic stories like avenging the brother is is and yeah, uh yeah that kind of stuff is is very very common well kickboxer is essentially exactly that where the brother well, is the fighter kickboxer was vengeance it's, it's blood sport was more like an honor like he wanted to learn like because of course the the son dies in blood sport like um Oh, the son of his, his master, his, his, his right? Shidoshi. In the beginning, yeah. He goes, what, what, "What happened now? Like Shingo died. He's like, no more training. Like no, more. like so." We, and then he doesn't want um, uh, what's he doesn't want Van Damme to learn. No, nah, he's like so not I, Japanese. Like, you're not Japanese. You're not Tanaka. Yes, I learned. From, I learned from watching Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, as a kid that like it was a big deal. Like they didn't the people the the Eastern masters did not want us to learn it was martial secret, arts. Dude. That's why it's funny. Yeah. And and it so turns out go, go back to like Musashi, dude. Like. If you knew what that guy did as far as technique, 
You yeah. can beat them. And honestly, right. if they if those guys who fought to keep it in the East and, and fight to, so that white people couldn't learn how to do it found out about like cardio kickboxing in the suburbs, like they were right. Like they basically like everything else they white women white women have ruined everything. Like everything else white women <laughs> but, corrupted it. But I remember watching this movie as a kid. So the movie <laughs> starts true. with the, him as a young as a young kid and yeah. he meets his master and he trains and I, I swear to god I he steals think, he steals he steals a sword. Yeah. Yes. I swear to god that kid has down syndrome and that plays the yeah, young John Claude Van Damme. And I remember, it was good to steal it. I remember being very upset about it and then thinking about it later in life. And I'm like, was it, was that a time in Hollywood where they just couldn't find any kids with French accents? So they're like, just Probably. get us a retarded kid to play the young John. I swear that kid has Down syndrome. I, it's I, so I, I didn't realize he was uh, what the accent was in the, the movie. Blade is very special sword. <laughs> I thought he was literally doing like you must earn an it. offensive Asian. Who, Jean-Claude? Yes. The He's entire Belgian. It took me <laughs> half the, the movie. No, the Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'm, I honestly... Have you seen a lot of Van Damme? He's no, not like I, in every movie. This is the first movie I've ever seen him in. I've heard of him, obviously. But I, I assumed for some reason that he was an American guy. I just did. Isn't he playing an American guy in this movie? Well, dude, that's yeah. the funny thing. It's ridiculous. That's, that's how the beautiful I, thing about his prime is I, I was in an improv group these years before stand-up, and the game for me was like, I, Jean-Claude was my best character like for me to play. I could like, see. Yeah. And, and I would say, yeah. what's going on, guys? And then I'm <laughs> like, uh, but if you, if you actually, the easy part was getting an, a, a suggestion from the audience, and this is how you made these scripts. Everything is French-influenced. Like Frank Dukes, his parents, like in the movie, he's like, yeah. like, he's like Frank says, like, you came to America to grow vine. Like I came to grow fish. Like children, like science needs. That's his whole application. But everything came from like even a dude um Lionheart, French Legion. Yeah, yeah, he runs away from the foreign yeah. Legion, Legion. makes yeah. it in town. But everything has like somehow like like the fucking Devereaux, the one in New Orleans, uh, hard target. Yes, his, his name is yeah. he's he's Cajun. Oh, okay, yeah, that's. They always had to make. Let's well, say yeah. it was Schwarzenegger. They always had to make an excuse why Schwarzenegger had an accent. I, I didn't remember the excuse in this movie. I, at one point in the film, I'm just like, "Why is he talking like that?" If he's an American, I was very confused. Choose a brick, any brick. I thought he was doing some sort of offensive Asian, like I'm going to talk like you that's guys talk. Hilarious, wow. Too. And I, 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 I heard, <laughs> I heard the first hour of the movie like that, and I got to say. <laughs> It's a much better movie. If you, what's, if you what's, watch more, it like that. what's more offensive that you think Van Damme is faking a, an offensive Asian accent, or I think the kid has Down syndrome? I, I, I think that we're. Uh, it, I feel bad for thinking that, but that's my honest opinion. Well, why do you feel bad? If, if first of all, he's either he has it, so and you're just got the caps. Like, like, <laughs> I, don't know I think he's just a he's just a dumb kid. I don't, it just, might be. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just imagine Hollywood at that time. They're it, like, what are we gonna do? Just get get me something. Get me a kid who talks funny. That kid looked like he might have been like the. Producer's nephew. Or yeah, something. yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't do a, like, like a large casting call to try to find the young Frank. <laughs> the acting <laughs> in this movie is pretty bad. Well, yeah. So it's so funny. So <laughs> that kid looked more Jewish than French to me, dude. Like, what's yeah, funny, yeah, yeah, what's yeah, funny yeah, in this hey, movie is I know what you're um, saying. I know what's what funny you're about saying. this movie. So you have uh, you have Donald Gibb who is uh, ogre in Revenge of the Nerds. So he had his moment where he was kind he was of good at it. His, Ray, his Ray, Ray Jackson. Yes. He was the he was actually a good actor in this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's funny and he's really and I think he's, I think he does like uh, Revenge of the Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds beer yeah. or something. Well, he he's, does like he's ogre. Like, 
But I'm saying like he 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 like makes money somehow off off these movies still like 30 years later. But then uh, Forrest Whitaker randomly is a fucking like fourth lead in that this movie. That was awesome to see. He's actually the worst actor in that movie. Yeah, I think <laughs> he's really not. Well, I wouldn't say no. He's not the worst in this movie. Dude, yeah. I, I've watched that movie so many times, and like he says, he's bad in it. He, like even like, like he's dialing it in. He's not like, doing his best work. I also think it, that's another editing thing. Like there was something wrong with the takes that they had. This is like such as. Like, they fucked up so bad that, like, I think it's something like the mic they had on Forrest Whitaker wasn't working the day they shot. And they edited, yeah, they edited around it the entire time, though. Like, you could tell, like, there's sinking issues with every line he delivers. But he always, my my problem with him and his character is that he's always, like, always looks down and is like, Starts mumbling. He's all, he's almost autistic. Yeah. He's like gay. Yeah, he's not looking people in the eye. I, I, I think that the, who's, who's the, Actor that plays the the master, the guy that teaches him. Everything. Oh, the Japanese guy. He's the worst actor. He's so bad. No way, bro. I can't. <laughs> I can't watch that and not laugh. He. It's so cheesy. He's yeah. supposed to be emotional. You're not he, Japanese. Yeah. You're not a Tanaka. But that's, but <laughs> His again, kid dies. He's, he's like. To teach he's like take, uh, oh, he's crying, dude. Like, uh, but he's a fucking samurai, bro. He, like, but yeah, that's barely, a thing. Too, yeah. But I think that's also a generational thing too, because like when we were like kids, like that was like it was like this mysterious, no, like honorable thing that you oh. wanted to like. They, they, they automatically they like commanded respect just because yeah like that honor like he wasn't allowed to cry like he's supposed to like just okay my son my son's dead in the kumite it just it came across weird to me I don't know I, I don't know I think also like because I watch a lot of uh, I, I love watching Japanese movies like really? Kira Kurosawa yeah, I, I, Kurosawa is ridiculous so yeah. originally I wanted this to call this this podcast guns and swords because i wanted to do samurai movies too and we'll still we'll still eventually do them but like the japanese style is very different from the american style of acting it's much more physical it's not emotional they're they're constantly hiding their emotions and they have like a theater tradition where they mm-hmm. they don't that's hilarious they wear where they literally wear masks in i was just picturing it's true yeah 100 percent because it's very it's very subtle and yeah, it's a lot of it oh, is physical. It is. Wait, up, bring like, it out. Don't be, don't be, don't be shy. I was letting you talk, but I'm, it's, it's channeling. That's why he's like, no more. Yeah, no more. So, so Toshiro Mufune, who's like the biggest, probably the biggest star from Japan known in America, they, he was actually kind of hated in Japan because they're like, oh, you're being more American because he was very emotional and effusive. That, that and physical. character in that movie, like, or no, 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 this guy, like, this guy. So Toshiro Mufune was like the star of most of the Kurosawa yeah. movies. So he's the one that kind of like made it to the West. And he even like later in life, he like, and it's again too. It's it's it's, it's so heartbreaking when you like you love an actor or performer. Yeah, the, the Magnificent and Seven it, was a uh, Seven Samurai, Seven right? Samurai yeah. remake. And it's like, but then you see like the later work they had to do, like when they came to America, it's always like schlocky shit. So he did like a Charles Bronson movie that was like yeah. garbage, like later in his career. But he's an amazing actor. But like they said, like, oh, you're being a- American by being like emotional and effusive and showing it because the Japanese are very, they yeah. don't want to show They're you stern, anything. Yeah, like- so I think, I think also too, like, I think, I think I, that might be just your response to it because it's, you didn't like in the 80s. It was still kind of fresh and new to us, even to see that stuff. Yeah. So we were what, like, "Oh my god, this what, is Asian people." No, no, and I don't, no, <laughs> no, I don't I mean, mean it like that, but yeah, I mean yeah. like the, I, the, the, the cultural, the, the cultural stuff yeah, that, yeah. that it, you're being exposed to it it for the mysterious. first time. It was cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah Before yeah, that, yeah. you only knew like Jerry Lewis, dude. Like Jerry Lewis, who were the chopsticks? That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why I thought he was doing an offensive thing because because they've done it before in Hollywood, and they get the with the buck teeth and the glasses. They used to on Gilligan's Island. There's an episode of. Gilligan's Island, where there's just an Asian guy, and 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 the the whole thing is just there's an Asian guy as one of the characters, but it's clearly a white guy in like Asian, Asian accents. And yes, 
and yeah. cast retards. Like, it's yeah. very <laughs> offensive. This movie is. Uh, is <laughs> well, and I, again, like. Not, yeah. I when I saw the black guy crawling on the ground, uh, like the oh. one black fighter in this movie, yeah. I was like, "Oh, man. oh the, the 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 African one." Yeah, and it, and it's funny because he looks just like the black guy in Karate Kid. Like he did. Yeah. There was always they always had they just, like they literally just know, had like the black a kid, black guy. The black kid in, in Karate Kid is Wormser from from, from, from Rings of the Nerds. Yep. yep. Yeah, hey, yeah. these guys, they all were in these movies in the eighties together. We're, we're, that happens on every episode of this podcast yeah. where it's like, "Oh, that guy's the guy from yeah. that guy." Yeah. Because again, it was just like you, you had these like smaller companies. Lamar. Yeah, Lamar from <laughs> the gay guy from Revenge. Does of the he have Nerds. like a cameo line? Like, does no, he, he had like, a big part in. Oh, Revenge he had a big of the part. Nerds. Okay, all right. I never saw a, Revenge of the Nerds. He was basically like a cameo in Karate Kid. Like, he's yeah. just he's one of the. Guy. Like, he's oh, one of the. He's just the guy. He was the only black guy in oh, the black that guy. fraternity. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was the, they were actually a black fraternity. Lambda, lambda, lambda. Yes, we should do Revenge of the Nerds. That, that was a, that was a big to. movie for me. I've heard about it. I, and I, know, I brought it up last episode. Last episode. I know about I br- the whole. The, yeah, there's all controversy with like it's basically um, the rape thing and everything. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's at this time there was yeah there was actors like dude, you were just happy as an actor. You're just happy to get a job. So these yeah. guys, the fact that you could be like known as a guy that just plays in action <coughs> movies, like I'd, I'd take it. I'd, That's a I'd be the black, I, guy, black guy in Revenge of the Nerds too. Like why the hell? Why the hell not? Yeah. yeah. That's the funny thing about acting to me is like people. Don't want to get typecast. It's like you don't want to work. Like, yeah, it's the like, best. It's like, literally that, the that best thing that, that could happen. To that you. person worked for ten years. Like, it's the best yeah. thing that could happen. And then and then you find because I've been watching. Um, That's a really privileged thing to say, yeah, like exactly. a real A-lister thing to say. Either. Yeah, I have. Um, I don't have uh, like cable, so I, I have. Uh, Me neither. I have an antenna. <laughs> so sad. So no, but I don't. I, I don't even. I, I don't dude, time. I'm like I can't. I'll I'll sit there and watch TV all day, and I'm not going to pay two hundred dollars a month to watch. You know, none of the yeah. TV that I actually have. So I have an antenna now. So I've been like flipping through. So there's this channel called Cozy TV, C O Z I, and it's literally just reruns from the 70s and 80s. So like every morning, if I have time in the morning, I'll watch like Rocker Files or I'll watch Columbo and stuff. I, I fucking love this stuff. This is like right on my like Alex is like is disdain uh, I, right I, now. It's not disdain. It's just like. I, you live in the past. I do. I, re- just, I was like, born in the wrong decade. I really you, was. We were just talking. You you were watching Rambo by yourself, just for just for, for like the thirteenth time <laughs> for comfort. But it's I, like, just, it's, I, I, I'm kind of similar. I think that's our generation of. But like, you're watching. Like, you guys like, are nostalgic for that era, dude. It's funny now, unless, for example, like Game of Thrones or something that I have not seen. Like I'll binge something for twenty four straight hours, dude. But it, unless it's something like a, a show that I haven't seen. I'll go back and watch Predator, I'll Rambo, I'll watch Bloodsport. What do you, yeah. Wait, what do you mean? So if it's not a new show that's new, like that you haven't seen yet, you're going back to the old stuff. You're not, you're not re-watching things you watched five years ago. Not, no. Gotcha. It's weird. Like, and, and gotcha. I've tried. That's not weird. I, I definitely think, yeah. I, I walked in, I went into Bloomingdale's the other day, and I'm walking around, I'm looking for a Nike, I'm like obsessed with this Nike tracksuit, I'm trying to find this Nike tracksuit. <laughs> I saw Kobe on TV wearing a red Nike tracksuit, now I want to buy it. But, a uh, full tracksuit? Yeah, Matching dra- jacket. That, that's gonna be my. That's gonna be like Brooklyn my. Of you. That's gonna be my my uh, plane wear. Like I want to travel wearing like a matching tracksuit. But uh, I went in there and I'm like, dude, it's the fucking '80s in here. Everything is like neon yeah. green and purple together. It's a hybrid. The '90s are also coming. There's back. There's a, a big yeah. '80s nostalgia going on right now. But it, because again, because it's like guys around our age, like we're like. We like are our midlife crisis dominating the culture, <laughs> and we want to relive these moments. But when you watch these like shows from like the seventies and eighties, what you see is the people who were stars back in the day. They're doing like a guest star on yeah. Columbo, and it's like so much fun. 
the thing that like, I don't like about TV today, it's like, dude, fucking, it feels like homework. Like, I don't want to watch. That's so funny. I, 85 how, episodes. How, how, how it gets recycled. Yeah, yeah. it's like, fucking 85 episodes of all this. I don't care. Like, give me fucking Magnum PI and not the new Magnum PI, the original Magnum PI with like one guest star. You and don't it, like any. You don't like any current. I've actually, television. I've actually tried to watch a new Magnum PI. I like I, Cobra Kai, which I'm is up. which is a TV show about the Karate Kid, which right. I was pleasantly surprised how good it was. I loved Barry, that was on HBO That's a good right, show. with Bill Hader. I thought That's that was hilarious show. and amazing. And I, the last show I really like was Justified. What about, you don't like British television, Game of, Th- Game of Thrones. I can't get into we it. Don't, we both that's don't the one, That's Game the one where I'm like, I just can't, I, so I don't much. care. Because like, there's going to be one character I care about. You probably would like it if you watched it. We, I just haven't yeah. watched any episodes. I can't honestly. commit to it. I just don't want to commit to it. It's too much at this point. It feels yeah, like a fucking so, so college. Right now it feels like, because I haven't watched a single episode, it, it feels like trying to get into Game of Thrones would, would be like a final paper. Yeah, that I, that's the workload I would have. And because I have a on. feeling that there's going to be a character I like, and he's going to be in the episode for 30 seconds this week because they have to well, deal with 45 other characters. You know what I mean? Like, well, I, I don't have a critique like that, but I, I do think there's good British television that's been produced in the last 10 years. Like Black Mirror is a fan, it's like a timeless, fantastic Stri- television Strike show. Back. I've never heard of that. Oh, I, I've seen Strike Back. Awesome. Really the, the good. First, oh, okay. The first one is good. The, they, they try to bring it back, but it was basically like like a like watching like a 007 movie, but like. Like a weekly so- show. Soft porn. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There's a bad act, Like, you, you know he's going to fuck. Like, as, as soon as there's a hot chick you know in the scene, like, he's going to fuck her. And it turns to, like, Skinamax, and then they just start killing everybody. And, oh, like, that's this great. Is awesome. Like, oh, that's, that's a fucking great fantastic. premise for a TV like, show. It. Van Damme would have been casted in it, like if it was like yeah. done mm. in his prime, dude. It's, it's oh, that. can we talk about Van Damme uh, with the flexibility? Jesus Christ! That was his how thing, many man. gay men do the you splits, think this movie the splits, made? The splits. The yeah, splits. Yeah. I think a lot of people realized they were gay watching. Dude, this I can movie. actually do a front split. There's because, no way because, because of Jean Claude Van Damme. You could do yeah. that. I can't do. I can't do the, the, the side. I can. I, I can do the front though. Wow! Because I got, dude. Like I got obsessed that. You said a lot of people probably took martial arts because of him. So I was going to say, but I was like such a poser because I started and stopped martial arts and boxing at least seven or eight times in my life. I never made it past like a year, but I would, I would do like, I just, just last year I started training boxing with a friend of mine who was a trainer. Yeah. We did like a couple of sessions and I was really into it. And then I didn't feel like paying 80 bucks an hour to work out with him. And I stopped, but I was like, I've always been into this thing, but I never really committed to, to dude, actually Van doing Damme, the martial arts and boxing. inspired me like in a crazy way as a kid, dude, like I got brainwashed watching these things as a, in the 80s is that, that like dude like when i graduated from college i was planning on going extreme like i graduated and the dude like what am i gonna do now and like i wasn't playing sports anymore and i was kind of into martial arts i was gonna go to china oh like, wow. I, dude, I had researched it everything like i was like all you have to do is pay like ten thousand dollars for like six months to live in the shaolin temple oh wow and i was like dude i want to learn fucking from a badass and get my ass kicked and I'll do like pure Van Damme style. You were really going to do this? Yeah. And, and then what and happened? I was, I was living in Mobile, Alabama and one of the guys that I served with is like, dude, train with Master Lou. And like, he's a Shaolin monk that lives in, and I was like, yeah, right. Like in Alabama, like there's like, there's three Shaolin monks that live in the US. Like this one lives in Mobile and like, cool. And it's funny, it was right next to my apartment, dude. I ended up walking Got super into it. Like, so wait, so you, awesome. you you were born in Cuba, right? I was born in Miami. My, oh, but your parents, parents had come no, from uh, Cuba. Cuba, Miami's. Well, same you know, thing. I mean, I love North Cuba, dude. Yeah, I love I love Miami. I love I, I love I actually. So I grew up in Elizabeth, and I've always and maybe because like Italians and like we're always around. Uh, in Elizabeth, it was just a lot of Latin Americans. So I've always like. Loved. How is that because of Italians? I'm saying the, the Italians that I grew up with in, yeah. in that neighborhood. I was trying to figure out how to say this. Yeah, it, say it. It's just you know for some reason like they 
it's it's always mesh. I know so many guys, yeah. Italian guys that are married to oh, Colombian girls what or whatever. In fact, I you know I used to have like Colombian girl. I love fucking Colombians. You don't you don't meet them in Manhattan. I, one day I was I asked Alex Carabano, who's a friend of ours, who's uh yeah. I was like, dude, where are the Colombian girls? He goes, oh Jackson Heights. I was like, fuck, they're not in yeah. Manhattan. They don't live because no. there's no Colombian community in Manhattan. But where I grew up, it was all like these beautiful girls had just come from Colombia, but um. Yeah, you lost your place there. No, some. I was gonna say so, but like I love so I, Miami. I've always like when I've gone there, like I love like the Cuban culture, the food. Yeah, just, like, yeah, yeah. There's something about and it, another thing too. I feel like a poser. I've never been to Latin America. I've, I would, I'm dying to go to South America, and I've never been. But from what I've been exposed yeah. to in Florida and New Jersey, I've always had an affinity for Latin culture. So you, because you were when we first started talking about Van Dam, you were saying that you. Like you, you grew up and then you went to school and you wanted to talk about like your kind of your life experience somehow tied in well, with I your mean, love for Van Damme. It's funny how that the the one man show that I did. Well, I did like the thing. Like I grew up like loving like like obsessed with like Van Damme movies and that's probably why I got into martial arts. And then it was like martial arts always kind of part of my background. Like for like, say like I played baseball in college, my training in the off season was always martial arts. Like yeah, f- like a friend of the family that kind of did like the Frank Duke's style like he trained with the badass for years and he was a third degree black belt i would spar with this guy and train with him every summer and he would beat the crap out of me like broken ribs broken nose but that would be my conditioning for baseball every year which oh, was not that's not very hindsight good. not yeah. really good like you weren't <laughs> yeah. really, like, you came back so you played college baseball yeah that's so pretty you came, legit so you came back and then it's fine i quit my senior year and then i just creature habit i started kickboxing and that's when i yeah training with a shaolin guy and that's how i found my buddy max who lives here now this i still train every once in a while so that's the thing. Like when I, I had three things on my list. Like, like what, as far as like what I want to do in my life, what was martial arts was like third. Move to New York was second, and comedy or acting was one. And I was like, dude, I really did martial arts. So now you're doing like, it. You're and doing all three, really. But the funny thing is, like the one man show was kind of an infusion of everything. I was like, yeah, the whole thing was the my one man show was based on that. It was a, I was a Cuban guy who came on a raft, and w- with the hopes of becoming a, like a superstar yeah and and why because like i grew up like somehow these vhs's would show up on the shore in cuba <laughs> and i w- and i would watch them and I'm like that's how i learned english from watching like van damme right. movies oh that's not good and then he uh, doesn't speak english so, like, on, the, so on, the very, <laughs> yeah. on the very first scene like my it's, it's an exaggeration it basically like most one-man shows are like a sad catharsis of your life yes mine was like an exaggerated parody oh that's great so the very first scene my uncle gives me a tire to swim over and that's my birthday present <laughs> and then he gets and then he gets killed he gets killed oh, right in the very first oh, by, no. comi- by, the, by the comunistas and then he becomes like Obi-Wan Kenobi throughout my whole like one man show so every oh, time right. I got every time I was in trouble he'd be like oi I'm in heaven bro like, and he would give me like something to do so it, halfway through my story my character goes to rock bottom like he basically like the whole thing was I, I, I based it on on a Greek structure like the Iliad but I, wow. call, I, I, call, okay. I called it the Ilian. In Cardoia, because I'm Cuban, get it? Like the Ilian, like Elian Gonzalez. Like, it's like triple meaning there. And then, yeah. uh, <laughs> so the whole thing was his, like, I wanted his road of trials to go rock bottom completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hero's so, journey. The hero's journey. So, we like, always so, talk so, about so his, his guide ends up being my uncle that dies, ends up being his, his son that lives in Miami, and his Pepe. Like, it's, it's the, uh, my, the Americanized Cuban. Who becomes like my road, like my guide in the states? So he drives me from Miami to New York. Mm. My halfway through my story, I, I get fired. I have the worst audition ever. 
Um, I break up with my girlfriend, and then I get my ass kicked. So whatever. Like, I end up in jail, <coughs> and I have a vision there that tells me to go to a bar. And I, I worked at Thunder Jackson's at the time. It's like, you go to, you're going to go to this bar. You're going to meet somebody special there. And that's how I, like, I meet my real father. And it's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was just about to ask, how much is this, of this is based in See, reality? Be, and then you just let the last it, part. I was like, Jean-Claude, oh, okay. he was based on, like, I, he was my boss at the time. Like, he was okay. just a guy that was just incoherent, get fucked up all the time. <laughs> like, this guy's just like Jean-Claude. So we yeah. kind of made him, like, my dad. And the whole thing is, like, in the movie, like, the, the reason we thought of this is, like, man, like, we see each other at a bar and, like, I, I walk up to him. Remember in the movie Double Impact? Yeah. When like when they both realize that they're twins. Yeah. And it's like like it's, it's such a it's just bad editing uh, again like in a Van Damme movie but they both like, <laughs> but they, but they both look at each other. So that's like that was how I noticed it was like if you're seen the movie um Dance with Me? No. 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 It's is- with Cheyenne who's like a like famous salsa guy and Vanessa Williams. And it's, it's a good Cuban movie. It's about a like a Cuban guy who his father was Chris Christopherson. Oh. See that right? Chris, yeah, 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 yeah. He was a dance instructor on a cruise ship in Cuba, and that's how he met. And like he met, he meets him. In, so it's a, yada yada yada. Like basically, like I combined that. I, I I basically combined a lot of stories from movies. So in my story, my mother was a dancer on a cruise ship, and Jean Claude banged her. <laughs> so give your dad. Like so, that's the thing. I was like, so I wasn't even mad when I found out. And I was like, so on the scene, like we start having the same ad. I was like, so I was like, oh my god, like it's you. He's like, oh no, no, it's you. <laughs> and like no you like you're like you're my father he's like no no like you it's you man and he's wasted and, 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 and it's just back and forth like no no it's you so finally like, oh my god you're like my father and uh, we realized that like he ended up banging my mom and and the reason he knew it is because in, in in the in the one man show i was like oh my god but you're the muscle from brussels it's like my mother's a big fan of you like vivian ortega and john claude like stuff they like what he's like the Uva from Cuba. So she, my mom had a nickname too. Like he called her the grape from Cuba. Like the muscles from Brussels. Like it was a cute little thing that yeah, they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that ends up like my rock bottom, my Greek st- character. Like mm-hmm. his mentor ends up being his real father who m- teaches him how to get to Hollywood. So that's like the inflection point where he so starts to... So that's, yeah. and it's funny because he has one more rock bottom after that. Like uh. what we start doing Cubanized movies of like Van Damme movies and that's how he mentors me to get to Hollywood like we started remaking um, we, we remade Bloodsport mm. and we called it Brosport Bro um, Lionheart we called it Elion Heart um, Universal Soldier was Telemundo Soldier <laughs> <laughs> so like I started doing all these movies and then like that's like, like my character in the story he gets like an ego Okay. Just like Jean-Claude Van Damme did, like, yeah. like, dude, the success, this early success had me going in the wrong direction. And then, me, and then like, it's, now it's self versus self, or, like, it was self versus father first. It was, it was, it was, it was like, self versus the world, and then self versus my father is, we go out one night to Vegas, and we bang the same cougar. <laughs> and I can't, like, I can't accept it, and then we end up getting in a fight, and he beats the crap out of me. And then that's where I had the realization, like, dude, like, life is better, like, more than just banging co- cocaine and <laughs> <laughs> banging cougars with your mom, with your, with your dad. Your mom with your being dad. better. <laughs> be um, more interesting. And this, this was a little bit of the conversation that we had at the pair one night, yeah. which is how we, well, how we ended up here. Because I was like, again, it's like, because for me, too, like, and Alex like, likes to make fun of me, like, but the, for me, like, Stallone, especially, but Schwarzenegger, too, it's like, it's my, it's part of my childhood. Like, I created those, this kind of mythology around those oh, guys but they, they, as a kid. They were the dude, the top four because uh, uh, there was a lot of B-rate like Stallone, Arnold were 
but you, you said it like they were like the yeah the pioneers, the pioneers right. dude. maybe even Bronson before that but like then you had Van Damme you had Seagal and then you had like a lot of like the, like uh, Jeffrey Speakman like the perfect weapon like yeah well there's a lot of one off movies like and Jeffrey Speakman so there's, dude, there's who's a, that? that's a good perfect weapon you really? have to, okay so we were talking about this his name doesn't sound very like, I was talking about this like last night with somebody it's like Temple. Yeah. one thing about great about the 80s too is like there was a lot of one off movies there was like a BMX movie there'd be skateboard movies so they literally made movies where a guy is like you think he's gonna be a star, but like that's his one. Dude, Jim, dude, it, it, that was Jim, a good movie. Like, Jim Cotta was another one where it was like a, this guy was like a gold medalist. Dude, America, uh, Michael Dudikoff, bro, American Ninja. American like, Ninja, we got eventually got to too. So it's like there was all these different like niche. They were trying to cash in on on these ideas. Even even the one about a Brazilian. It's not jujitsu. It's more about capoeira. Um, okay, what's this guy's name, dude? But it's called Only the Strong. Yeah, yeah, I remember. A, Somebody was asking me about that last night. Mark, Mark Dask. Mark, Mark, yeah, he, he he actually just did a cool thing on on the History Channel. It's about him doing the road of Musashi and yeah. training in all these places. Mark Mark the Cos the Something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I don't even think I've ever seen that one. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of like like niche movies where that's they were a like, terrible movie. We got to like, cash in like on as far all as the like, shit. Like the bad guy is so bad in that. I, it's funny. The bad guy in Only yeah. the Strong is. The guy that Van Damme fights in Lionheart in the pool. Oh, really? When he knocks him out with the long hair. He's, dude, it's like quintessential like 80s like bad accent. Like, oh, look at this little guy. Like, so yeah. the bad guy in this movie does a lot with a little. Bolo like, Jung? Yeah, he doesn't do he doesn't much have many except lines. look he was the, scary. He was, the, yeah. he was the least martial arts experienced guy in all the Van Damme movies. Is that right? Like, he, just, he just had that look and he became a good friend of Van Damme. He's a beefy he was, Asian. He was a bodybuilder. He's like, a beefy Asian. Huge, but yeah, Bolo thick, Jung, dude, thick boy. He like he did a lot with a little. Like he doesn't do anything in this movie, but break be, my but record. Be scary. Now I break you. <laughs> I break your friend. Yeah. I still think I still. What shot. does he say? Brick doesn't hit back or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. because he breaks the brick. Brick, brick don't like brick very, don't punch back. Very good, but brick don't hit back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, why are you talking like a Russian? You're Asian. Dude. <laughs> it's the weirdest. I, thing. I, actually, even even when he talks to the Middle Eastern guy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He goes like, oh. It's the American shithead who does tricks with bricks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a great line. Yeah. Oh, dude, I just do. You know who's my favorite guy in the movie? Is like the, the the like the ratty like the guy, Asian the, guy, the gambler the guy. guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, you great. you good fighter, you <laughs> you dukes. And he puts money in his shirt, but then when he's it's okay, he takes the money back out of the shirt. Oh, he's got like yes. a cheesy. Well, like, it's, it's weird. It's like what shirt. guy is that guy modeled after? They like created a character like, oh, these guys the exist. Hong, the Hong Kong gambler. These like, guys exist, and it's like these guys don't exist. This dude, uh, they might. It's like a ratty. I'm not hanging out in like weird. like gambling what dens about, in Hong Kong. What about even like, when they walk in, like, okay, USA, and yeah. like that weird looking Asian guy, he looks at Frank Dukes and Ray Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, okay, USA. <laughs> That's <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. I just watched it. So oh, even, even their translator, that. their translator is awesome in that movie. That guy. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. Guy, is that who you were talking about? That's who I was talking about. Oh, they're talking about the actual. You were talking about the gambler guy. I, oh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I was thinking, I was conflating the two. So sorry, the translator I guy, meant yeah. the translator guy. He's like almost like a, he's like the straight man in the movie. Like, yes, sorry. but like his character is like all right. He's like yeah. this is Hong Kong. He's like always scheming. Like it's just a weird. He comes at you. He's from always a weird talking angle. Like, like, yeah, like Asians don't do that. I don't know. I, I it's, to me, who's it's stereotyping now? I am. Uh, it's a big <laughs> continent. There's a lot of people. He's like over a there. Jewy Asian guy. That's exactly. <laughs> it's, just, it's very interesting. 
I could say I that. Still can't, I still can't. To, to me, still the, that chick was an awful actress too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh well, which one? Uh, the 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 the, lead, the, the, the yeah, reporter. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, she wasn't great. So that's kind of like that was kind of like a, a similar to. Um, it, it shows you what a difference a good actress makes. To me, basically, that's the same character as Kim Cattrall in uh, yeah. Big Trouble in Little China. But, you, but Kim Cattrall is so, so much of a better actress that she leaves so much more of an impression than this girl. She goes, "I'll call you an asshole." He's like, he goes, he's like, guys. Let's play a little game. He goes, "What is bet?" Like, like <laughs> yeah, what is? We all bad? have different accents, yeah. dude. And also, like, you yeah, know, I take this coin out of your hand before you close it. She's mine. <laughs> it's like you can't do that. Very good bet. Like, and in in Big Trouble, like the whole movie is Kurt, that movie's awesome. Dude. Kurt Russell, love, love that movie. Kurt Russell's trying to get her, and she's always like brushing him off. In this movie, she talks to him for about thirty seconds, and they immediately get into bed. It's like really, it's like where are you going to go with that? Like, where does that love story go when like they bang on but, like the? You know why? Because. To do the Van Damme ass scene, dude. Like that's they needed, you needed, yeah, they needed to show his he always, ass. He always does a fucking slow <laughs> putting on my speedo on, dude. Like, and she's like, like, oh, like that, that's such a terrible, it's terrible so scene, dude. bad. And that's why I'm, I'm thinking, like, you know, I don't know if this movie was more erotic for uh, for women or for like, you know. Budding gay men from the eighties, like closeted gay men. I think this is like a George Michael situation. Like, like there was definitely some. Wait, George Michael's gay? Yeah, exactly. I was really into George Michael when I was a kid. Were you? It was my first cassette tape. Did you just shake your little butt? And, like, no, I just like, I liked father. Fa- it's funny because father figure is like is basically a song. It's like such a like sexy like video and song, and it's like <laughs> he more. he did a good time pretending. To not be gay. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. A lot Free, of people. Freedom. What a great song. No, it's a great. Yeah. He did a, a live cover of Papa. Was, he used to do Papa was a Rolling Stone in concert. So there's like really? li- live oh, cool. c- uh, versions of it on YouTube that are fuck. The guy was an unbelievable. Oh, he's great. Yeah, like what a trap. And that's another thing. Like it talk about nostalgic for the '80s. All these fucking people who died. Whitney Houston's gone. Michael Jackson's gone. Prince is gone. Like yeah. George Michael's. It's unbelievable how many of them died, didn't make it yeah. past like fifty-five years old. Yeah, the eighties really were like a very like it's a ten-year distinct decade in American culture where excess was so rampant that it just wasn't even. Everyone was living at a hundred miles an yes. hour, yep. and they, they literally like when it was like they, it cra- everybody crashed. Yeah, nobody like so many people just couldn't take it. Well, that's almost, Van Damme is a perfect example yeah, dude, of that. You hear one hundred percent. Like you, you even hear the Hangover in the music that got popular after. So like grunge and Nirvana became popular, and that's another cultural like changing inflection yeah. point. And I think that that's the Hangover, the excess of the eighties, oh, talking about like I mean, real dark, mm-hmm. like moody. E- even hip hop was like super moody. Like everything was like very like. It led up to even like Eminem's music, like super dark. Now we're out of that, which I don't know. It's I think the arts not as good now. Have you seen Ready? Have you seen Ready Player One? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. How we're, like we we reminisce to it now, but it's not anywhere near us. Like well, it's, oh, you, you have to look okay. at it through, you have to look at it through a TV now. Like right? The 80s. Like, yes, yes. We, there's nothing. We, there's no feeling of it at all. No. Like, no. We, well, uh, yeah. well, it's funny because I like and I I've, I've said this before. Like I cause I just drove over the the I new, agree, the new yeah. Tappan Zee Bridge and like the new Kosciuszko Bridge. Our like our aesthetic today is the 80s idea of what the future was going to look yeah. like. So what I mean by that is like you're watching Blade Runner. Blade Runner is about now. 
It's literally taking place, I believe, in 2019. But it's 1981. One. So it was 1981's idea of what 2019 mm-hmm. was going to look like. And now they're building bridges in 2018 and 2019, and they look like the bridge that you would have built in 1981. Yeah. So it's this, it's this weird thing where we don't – right now we have no imagination for the future. We're living – like we're processing the '80s now, as opposed to we're just recycling we're, everything. Yeah, we're not pro- we're yeah, not projecting we're, what it, our future is going to look. Well, like. Well, the reason why we don't do that anymore is because we used to love to do that, and we saw how like inaccurate our projections were. So we go, ah, oh, what's the point of that? What's the point of making projections because they're all going to be well, wrong? Those, those movies, I are swear, s- I think that's what it is. But I even think, I, I think also think look at everything like the millennial mentality and all, like projections are just changing every day because you you have one and then that shit. Turns into another projection, to another and then someone's like, "That projection's like, racist," and then you gotta go off. Oh, well, fuck. but it's also it's <laughs> exactly. not only that. Yeah, yeah, and you go viral on Twitter, and they fucking it's the the world sucks, dude. But it's, <laughs> it's also just, like it's, if you look at like everything's becoming generic. Those uh-huh. movies, like You're the right. science fiction, especially like those movies were warnings. Like Blade uh-huh. Runner is a warning about like what th- things might happen if you if, if technology gets to a point where where we become inhuman. Uh-huh. Where, where the human beings become inhuman because of the technology. It's already happening. And, and yeah. we're doing it. We're doing it. To, like Those movies are supposed to warn us, and instead it's like, oh, isn't that a great idea? Why don't we build cyborgs now? Like, why don't we have AI now? It's like, you're not going to stop human innovation. It's just no, I, I get driven it. by materialism just, and I, capitalism. I just, and just think just it's like, interesting. It's like, it's like those, again, the reason, we, the reason you could take a Greek myth yeah. and make it into a movie in 2019 is yeah. because – the humanity doesn't hasn't changed. The story, no. the story makes sense. Same, to us, ar- same archetypes, dude. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but again, those stories are supposed to be warnings. They're like, this is how you should. This is what you should not do. Yeah. The reason it's a tragedy is because if you do this stuff, this is what happens. And people take those stories like, oh, what a great idea! Like, what? A, let's do this stuff and let's well, hope we, for the best. Well, of course, the the reason the stories are relevant is because we forget about the stories and we play them out in real life and then yeah. we tell the story about it. It's like, a, yeah, it keeps. And we also have to be. We every generation has to be reminded. Like yeah. We yes. have to be reminded what happens That's, when you're too greedy, when you yes. fly too close to the sun, yeah. when you when you you know when the you stories t- are response when you turn against that. your brother, uh-huh. you know what I mean? When you turn on your family because you're because you you're too ambitious. Like th- we have to re- be reminded every generation what happens with those stories. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. I big time. Even you think everything's a remake of a remake of a remake. Going back to the Greek structure and all that. Exactly. I think they're all lessons, man. That's why yes. I even think like religion, like whatever people's whatever religion you follow, you have those basic things to to practice every day. Mm-hmm. I honestly think it goes deeper than religion. It's just like to maximize your human potential. Yeah, it's like a ritual for for your for like your life. I don't know. It's yeah, like, I'm we, not putting that in a good way. Well like for example like um like like Middle Eastern people like they fast. Yeah. That's part of their religion. You think it's because for a spiritual thing, but fasting is like a like healthy part of your body. Like your body regenerates and like science wise fixes itself through fasting. So well, like they said, like a lot of like the Mosaic Law, like all the restrictions for for Jews, well, they're not allowed to yeah, eat like and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was like it, it was healthier. They were the Jews would like wouldn't be exposed to like plagues and different diseases because they had all these ritual cleaning yeah. processes oh, that they did. That's I mean, this is how we're gonna tie Easter to John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, we are recording on Easter Sunday oh, right happy now. Happy Easter, happy bon Easter. Natale. Think about it. Buona Pasqua. The, 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 oh shit, Buona Natale means the, the Jews Merry didn't Christmas want fuck. the Jews didn't want Jesus to teach. The secrets that they do in the temple, like which is how to meditate and like how to fucking clean yourself, basically how to yeah. clean your dick. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible, dude. I don't know why. <laughs> clean that but dick. <laughs> essentially, that's how Frank Dukes' master was. He didn't want the Americans to learn the it's Japanese an, ways, dude. That yeah, okay. It's yeah. an ancient. It's an ancient story. It's an ancient, that's what it's an ancient story. Thank you, John Claude Van Damme, Thanks, for John teaching Claude. us all. 
Uh, this has been great. He's, man. Like, he's like Jesus. Like, yeah, he is. <laughs> it's, it's never, it's could never, you, it's never been said, split like that. It's never been so. said before, and it'll never be said again. Jean Claude Van Damme is like Jesus. Like only Jesus. on Easter Sunday. Only <laughs> no, but Gabe, we've been we've been trying to do this for a couple of weeks. I'm so glad you came no, out and did this. Me too, man. It's awesome. Uh, so Gabe, uh, uh, along with Kenny Warren, you guys run the Grizzly Para, which is one of the hottest like comedy yeah. clubs in New York. You guys do a great job there. It's it's as good or better than most of the other comedy clubs in the city. So you guys are doing a great job there. Oh, is yeah. there anything? else i mean besides the club itself is there anything you want to plug or that's i mean me van damme hopefully uh, <laughs> okay. keep on the lookout for John hopefully club. you know what my main goal was when i wrote that was that he sees my one-man show and he wants to make that into a script oh that like, would be so oh, great has he acknowledged that he, you haven't I've gotten asked, anything what, yet it's funny man that the main reason why i got into stand-up was i've dude playing that show like i, I did that off broadway for like a year and a half and Playing a Cuban character for an hour, like I'm Cuban, dude, and my, my I was basically playing my uncle for an hour and a half, and it was right. exhaust, exhausting. That's exhausting. So it, was, it felt cheesy because I was never really myself. Like, oi, like, oi, what's up, bro? Man? And so I finally was like, oh, right, right. Unless I'll go to like Jean Claude, like, hey, like, it would, I would have fun. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was like, man, I'd rather come from Gabe Dorado's point of view and not from that character's point of view. And that's right. how slowly, like, I just cold turkey started doing stand up. So you started doing stand-up after the one-man show yeah. run. Yeah, and, and my whole goal was like, you know what? Like, I want to get really good at stand-up to do the one-man show again. It'll re- and, it, and then yeah. I just got so immersed into the stand-up world that I've never even looked back to That's it. another like, conversation we had that night because I did the well, same thing. how long ago was that? I'm just that curious. Was eight, two, 2010. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Like nine years ago now. Yeah. yeah. That, um, that makes a lot of sense that like um, – because even in stand up, when you when you're doing bits for too well, not too long, but let's just say a, yeah, a certain life, you get ex- you, you get stale. exhausted like, with the bit itself. I can imagine you. like doing impersonations or different characters. I'll like do being the same, act same script over every and night. Over it was exhausting, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah that well, must, dude, Daniel Day Lewis had a nervous breakdown. That's why he right. doesn't he doesn't Playing do theater and play yeah. Hamlet. Like, right, right, right. Yeah. I understand that why like people think actors are prima donnas, but it, it is a weird profession yeah, to be very good at. Anyway, like, ha- Hamlet is a fucking. That guy's a disturbed character, man. Like, right. And you go through that emotion every night, and that's going to affect you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they, t- yeah, they told Dana Delos you'll never work as an actor again that's hilarious. when he quit, like the British theater company. That's so funny. Yeah. I mean, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. You know? Yeah. And, that's, and, that's, um, and he's, he said, like, I, I love Dana Delos. He said, he goes, I, I wanted to tell, he wanted, he's like, I wanted to tell American stories. He goes, I didn't want to redo these old ancient British things. I, I wanted to do Taxi Driver. Yeah. Right, you know, yeah. which is funny because then he went on to work with De Niro, uh, with uh, not De Niro, but with Scorsese a few yeah. times. Um, so the Grizzly Pair, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what, how many days a week, you guys? Every day, every night, every day, man, like, every day, man. That's great, and you guys got killer weekend shows for sure. I've been there a bunch. Yeah, it's of been times. good, man. Our whole, yeah. we're not even satisfied. Like our whole process with that place was. You guys have really changed it up recently. Our whole thing is we're like, let's see where it ends up, and yeah. like, and any time that we've made progress, like, like, dude, no, we're not, like, we're not there yet, and it's funny because. For a long time, like the other side, what they see, like from like outward to in, yeah, like dude, these people, everybody must think we're doing so great, and we're doing pretty good now. But a year and a half ago, people were like already assuming, like, man, you guys are crushing it. Like, I think we're a little organized, and the the quality's starting to spread, and it's, it's just right. fundamentals. Like that, the the, Grizzly, the shows are good. That's probably why the people shows are good. Now, that. The, yeah. the, the Grizzly pair three years ago was the wild west dude yeah like it, like it was very ronin like everybody had very rogue everybody like rogue like producers yeah nobody wanted to be affiliated with anything and that, that all we did was create one flag dude like, you just centralized we just like, like we play for one team and right and that's it, it, funny they mean kenny both have like a sports background and that was our whole thing it's like dude we play for one team 
And I like Kenny. He's a good guy. Very he's good guy. Very funny. And, and very loyal, man. And, yeah. And, and hard, dude, hard. Like, it's funny. I didn't realize he's older than me. I, I always thought he was younger. Like, Black don't crack. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. he's, dude, he, he, we both started stand up like kind of latish and knowing that, like, is why we give it our best. Like, there's something to be said about starting stand up after you've become an, like a real adult. Because you, exactly. you have all these kids that are maybe they're really talented, but. They don't if see the, if the amount of work he has to put in, dude. And like, not even that. Like, yeah, of course not that. But also, like, not, you'll you'll get that in any job if you're 19. But like, um, they don't even know any business sense or, oh, dude, or just, like anything. So, ba- oh, babies in life, dude, hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah, it's so easy to be a good comedy producer, um, like because the quality is such shit. Um, and, like you know, you just look at a basic flyer on Instagram that someone puts together, and it's just like it's embarrassing. I just think um, so. It's it's pretty it's pretty great to just organize what you guys have done there. It's obviously working. So. That's I mean, our whole goal is, and we call it the dojo, man. It's yeah, our whole fundamental. It's Van Damme, dude. So like our yeah. whole fundamental thing was like, dude, like that's where we want to get good at comedy. Like, and and you you notice that it's exactly what it is. It's a dojo as far as learning system. Right. When you go on the road, and you can handle an awkward situation that everybody that's from that town can't because you've seen it so many times and you're like, dude, the, the, the Grizzly Pair is a, it's funny, it's become a very good place as far as people go there to perform and, and, and audience members go there to watch good comedy. But it, the, the basis of that place was like Thunderdome. Like you learn yeah. a very tough well, way. I, I, like, oh, I yeah. call that like that strip of McDougal Street comedy headquarters. Like I'll go down even if I'm not on a show just to hang out like all the time. I, that's like where I that's where you run into comedians. That's where yeah. you hang out because I think like as co- comedians, that's a like, big part of the job. Dude. Again, with martial arts, it's like we're all lone wolves. We're all independent contractors, but we have to yeah. we have to we have to parlay every once in a while. Like the the, the samurai have to get together every once in a while and have a conference. You know what I mean? Have- and everything. The reason we have this podcast is because we met outside the stand one night and we just started talking started talking about John Wick, and one thing led to another and we did the podcast. And I, I love. Still haven't done a John Wick episode. We, uh, we're, we're gonna get. We, it's yeah. coming out. It's coming out. That's uh, true. Though. Awesome. Seven yeah, it's days, gonna be a good Seven one. days after my, I'm turning forty on May 10th. Oh, by the way, I'll, I'll give you these. I'm having a, a barbecue for my birthday. Cool. But um, uh, May 17th is John Wick three. I'm gonna be there. Fucking opening night. I, I'll go. I'll go I'm to the super theater. Excited. With you. And then we should do an episode. I'm down. About that. Yeah. But yeah. We no. Like, do to that. me, like one of my favorite parts of comedy is is the hangout. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah sure. And just like McDougal Street, like that's. And what's great about McDougal too is like the audiences that they're there to see comedy. Oh so yeah, you yeah, get yeah. people who are like it's from everywhere, dude. They're excited. They they've heard about the cellar. They're in New York. They're getting to experience. And I've said to people sometimes when I've done shows at the Pair, I'm like, people have told me, oh, that was the sh- that was better than the show we saw last night at the cellar. I've got it's funny. I got the, my my selling pitch to people, Lily, and 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 I, and I, dude, the cellar is awesome. Yeah, there's yeah, no, no one cellar is debating that. Yeah, is there's times that I have the exact same lineup. Yeah. but the only difference is Chappelle's not going to come to my show. Yeah, like, like the guy that opens well, for Chappelle is going to come to my the show. The cellar right, is right. Like, like it's it's on TV and blah blah blah. And people like celebrity and all stuff. But to me, it's like, and I always say this, and I, this is true. This is one of the reasons. This is one of the things that brought me to New York. What I love about New York, you can stumble upon something in New York City, and it'll be incredible. So I think people. From somewhere, some other country, they stumble upon the Grizzly Pair. They go in the back room. They sit down. They watch like a show. I, and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I was like, yeah, that's a great New York City experience. It is. 100%. And it's funny because even like if you think about it, the Pair is more like Boston Comedy Club like 
15 years ago. Exactly. Because even like they said Chappelle was there all the time and you didn't really know Chappelle that well yet. Like, is, you kind of knew him. But yeah, like, and he would uh, No, the, for people who don't know what the Boston was, it's it's literally just like, because that sounds like a comedy club in Boston to yeah. people that don't know. But like, it was a comedy club in New York City that's not there anymore. It was right, well, ac- it was right across the street from Fat Black Pussycat. Right. Like, wasn't really successful monetarily when no. it was running, but had all the legends that you know yeah. that every, any name a stand-up that's still alive that, you know, Performed that, that huh? you it's, like. That's where they it, it, There's yeah. someone that that came up at the Boston. So so it, I mean a lot of the comedy clubs now especially you know the pair is definitely a great example of a place where if you go to the pair on a given night you're seeing people that will be in the next class of like very famous yeah. comedians. I mean they undoubtedly like Sancho or the next Netflix special half, like, half of uh, them will not make it. Yeah. But you know well, like anything else, it's like sports. I'm, 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 I'm kidding, but you probably, yeah. Just, I was just making fun of because I know all of them. But, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like Zach Petrovich isn't going anywhere. No, we, like love, going, we love Zach. He's not going anywhere. I love, no, that guy, I love that guy. Zach, dude. He, dude, I, that guy, I'm standing on the corner uh, right outside the bear. Last, no, two nights ago, after I did a spot at Greenwich or something, he gets handed a bag of cronuts by just some guy, and he goes, Want a cronut? And I, I don't even know what a cronut is. I'm looking at it. It's these fucking giant donuts. And he's like, don't make me feel bad for eating. And he's just eating cronuts <laughs> out of a bag, an Dude. unmarked bag. I'm like, this this guy's just uh, – so I, I love you, Zach. I, I, Zach. Like a little while ago, <laughs> he I, listens, so. I was talking to Zach and he <laughs> goes – he goes, I call him my son. <laughs> Dude, Zach, so funny. Zach comes up to me. He goes, listen. He goes, I, he goes, I remember the first time I, I talked to you. You didn't really drink, and you told a story about how you don't gamble anymore. And I was like, "Fuck this guy! I have, I have nothing <laughs> because I have nothing in common with this guy." And he goes, "I can't believe it, but I, I love you." <laughs> He's like, oh, "He goes, so I, he goes, I never would have picked you to be friends with because, but I love you." <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, we love Zach. We, yeah. We're gonna have He's back a sweetheart, on. man. Yeah. All right, guys, this has been a fucking another great episode of Kill You Last. Yeah, yeah. Happy Easter, Happy Passover, everybody. And uh, well, by the time this Pleasure, comes guys. out, it'll be past. But we're recording on Easter Sunday, so uh, give it up to uh, Frank Dukes. Let's, uh, let's yes. ho- hopefully, Jean Claude, if you're listening, let's get you on the pod. Let's go do the, the splits. <laughs> Bye. Let's be good now. I like that.